You're listening to the Moody Mommies podcast. Audio warning. You may or may not hear kids screaming and yelling in the background. Or us screaming or yelling at them to keep it together. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, we came out to Ontario to see you. I know. They came really, really far from me. I'm super excited. Yeah. I'll have to get you guys next time, girls. I got you. I got you. Um, So, Christina, do you want to tell us a little bit about booby life? Yeah. So, um, I had my son in 2014. I was definitely somebody that didn't expect to have kids. So, when he came, it was very – it was a big surprise. Um, Motherhood was just uh, something I was just kind of – I threw myself into unexpectedly. I didn't plan him. And um, so when I had him, I definitely knew that even if I didn't know where to start or, you know, what I was doing pretty much as a new mom, um, I wanted to be as natural as possible and breastfeed. But um, I was in a pretty stressful time of my life. There was a lot going on and um, I wasn't able to breastfeed him the way I wanted to. It was three months of, of really challenging breastfeeding and then I pretty much just dried up and I wasn't able to keep going. And then... Throughout that process, I was trying to find support and encouragement and get a team of people together because I was having a lot of, uh, I wasn't having luck finding like a La Leche League or any support groups near me. Um, As you guys know, it's pretty far out here. and There's not as much happening out here that there is in the LA area. We had just moved here. Um, so I just created my own little online community on Instagram, but see, I was already having issues breastfeeding, so it was already rocky and I had just discovered all the support on Instagram and how cool the community was and how supportive the community was. So I started it with him. I dried up. I still kept the community going for the most part and it it grew. A lot of people liked what I was posting. I was just trying to keep like a really real vibe, a lot of unconditional, real, raw support. And then I had my daughter last year. She's seven months now. And I just wanted people to know my journey. And um, I wanted people to see my second time around breastfeeding and to kind of, I was hoping that I would succeed so I can be an inspiration for other moms. And so that I compare, I could compare my two journeys and kind of figure out what I didn't do right the first time that I did right the second time. So I can help other people out that are kind of going through the same thing. I kind of. Instagram stalked your page a while back. And <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're not doing it. You're like, double click. Oops. Can I take it back? <laughs> 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 and now she knows. The struggle. I know. <laughs> the struggle of a breastfeeding mom. I'm like, yeah. two years back. Yep. I know. Um, I know. But I, I noticed that uh, it looked like you started with other women and now it's just you doing it yeah that's just a part of you know your guys's episode on friendship really like i could relate there was so many times i just wanted to like yell at you guys be like oh my god me too like i totally can understand what you're going through even with you guys like separating and coming back together that had to happen with me and all of my really close girlfriends for us to really come to this point of mutual respect and understanding sometimes you have to grow separately you know to oh totally get it back we all had to. Like, literally all of my closest friends, we all had to kind of do that. And um, that's what happened with Booby Life. I felt, I still to this day feel like tribe is important. Um, so I wanted to create a tribe. I feel like it's hard to do something by yourself. And there's so much power in numbers. So if you're breastfeeding alone, it's one thing. And then when you, the more women you start to understand are going through the same thing you're going through. And you see that their lives are just as imperfect and chaotic as yours is. It makes you feel a lot better about what you're doing. And it gives you a sense of relief and support. So that's why I wanted to start it with a group of girlfriends. But as you guys know, friendship takes its turn sometimes and you have to grow separately, like you said, you know. Um, so that's kind of what happened there. We all had to take our separate journeys and it didn't work out with that specific group of women. But I think because we were all, at the time, new moms, we all had so much growing to do. And that was two years ago. The amount of stuff that we learned in two years and how different we are in two years is crazy. It's right. insane. All of those moms that I haven't talked to in years, and we've all been able to come back together and just, you know, talk like like human beings and understand each other on a whole another level. 
And I feel like um, this is better to, I'm trying to start the whole tribe thing again. I really want to start the booby tribe. I want to do like quarterly gatherings, uh, gatherings every year. I think that moms need real support. And I'm like you, Jessica, like I'm really introverted. You know, I, I, I'm really, it's hard for me to be fake. It's, I'm really awkward. You know what I mean? Like it's awkward to be, um, to try to fit into a really fake set of people in a way. And a lot of moms have really good intentions, but maybe it's just something about them that doesn't click with me and it totally sends me back into my shell. So I wanted to create a really chill environment for moms to get together and support each other, whether you're breastfeeding or formula feeding, take out the labels, take out the judgment, take out the, oh, I'm this or I'm that, or breastfeeding is the best way to go and just keep as open of a mind as, as possible. Yeah, so that, that's where the tribe thing came from. It went away for a little bit. I want to try to bring it back. I think two years ago, women weren't as aware of, like, consciousness and being present with each other. And I think we're, we're all labeled pretty much millennial moms the year we were born and, you know, how we see parenting right now and coming together under this new type of – it's kind of a trend, you know, to be more aware and conscious and um, – organic everything like organic everything yeah it's right (laughs) it's come around full circle and it's it's really um people are understanding people are all taking it in and i think for women to come together at this time versus two years ago is there's so much more power behind it yeah an opportunity yeah Yeah. i totally agree sorry i went off no no no, (laughs) sorry no it's perfect at this point we got to know you a little bit and where you're coming from so you and um Vanessa kind of have a similar breastfeeding journey Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna let Vanessa talk a little bit about what how things went down with Zoe you know my nursing plan with Zoe didn't follow through and I was really really torn up about it I was just like oh my gosh why can I not do this like as a woman before formula was invented it's like well how do people feed their babies you know breastfeeding was the only way to feed your child so I had Zoe she was born December 20th five days before Christmas so Mm. we took her to the doctor after she left the hospital checkup and it was on Christmas Eve and the doctor told us you're probably having a hard time getting her to latch because she has a tongue tie Mm. and I had no idea what that was and when she explained it to us you know it's that little string underneath your tongue and some people have a shorter tongue because the string under there is further to the tip of their tongue than others so in those cases what they do is they cut the tongue if it's necessary if it's a really severe case my husband actually has a tongue tie as well, oh, wow. and we never even huh. knew what it was until I didn't she either, was until telling us. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, let's get her to the doctor. Well, it's Christmas time, so of course the doctor's closed. Here it's already crazy enough. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. And by this time, you know, I wasn't aware of all of the breastfeeding support that was out there at this time. It was my first child. All I knew was, I want to breastfeed. This is what I want to do. And I thought it was as simple as that. I just put a boob in my baby's mouth, and that's it. It's not that simple, you know? I know, I wish. It's not. (laughs) Yeah, if only. So I didn't, you know, educate myself to know, hey, I have to stimulate my breasts to make sure my milk is, you know, it doesn't dry up. I don't lose my milk. I I wasn't aware of any of that first time around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I had to start supplementing her because I would try to pump. I wouldn't get much out. And when I would pump and I would offer it to her in a bottle, she didn't even want it. She was just so used to the formula already. So um, finally we get her to the doctor for the tongue tie and the doctor's like, yeah, she has one, but, you know, I don't really think it's necessary to cut it. If she was my daughter, I would just leave it alone. I'm like, are you sure? Are you positive? Like, I don't want her to have any type of speech problems, anything later down the line for it. She's like, no, her... She has such a moderate, like, condition. It's not going to be any issues. Like, if she was my daughter, she's already, you already lost your milk. She's not your nursing plan. You know, sorry, it doesn't happen for everyone. Such a lack of support with doctors. So she's like, you know, basically kind of like, well, it's not happening. So just, this is is unnecessary to put her through this procedure. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, you know, if that's a doctor's opinion, which I'm assuming they would know better, um, we didn't go through with the procedure, and I ended up formula feeding her. 
I was really, really upset about it. I was completely unprepared as well. I had no bottles. I literally was like, I don't want anything to do with, like, formula feeding because that's not part of my plan. Yeah. And I, I went through so many sleepless nights and hours of crying and breaking down, of just, like, trying to get her to latch and all of the struggles that I went through. And then I just felt like, well, I just went through all of that for absolutely nothing because now she's drinking a bottle anyways. Yeah. So it was really, really heartbreaking. So I knew the second time around that I wanted to make sure I was educated and aware of everything that I needed to do to make sure that the nursing plan could follow through with Luna. And it did. Thank God. We're almost nine months and we're going strong and it's been going really, really good. So good. So, so good. For me and Justine, I had a lot of people telling me, like, you have to breastfeed. There's... There's no other option. Like, nobody formula feeds anymore. I have the opposite. Anymore. That's crazy. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, um, I mean, a lot of people I hang out with are involved somehow in child development. So I had a lot of people that were behind me on it. You know, my boyfriend was really supportive as well. My mom, you know, I would ask all our aunts and my mom about their experience. And everybody pretty much said, oh, I did a couple months and then. Same here. It exactly hurts. Same. It hurts. That's what they all, like, say. Yeah. Yeah, so I, so I was, I mean, we're broke. We have no money, so I'm on Wick. And <laughs> Girl, <laughs> Wick is one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so whenever I would go while I was pregnant to the checkups and stuff, they would always try to inform me as much as they could about breastfeeding support and, you know, that we'd get more stuff out of the program the longer I breastfeed. Yeah, yada 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 felt comfortable there and I thought okay I'm at least gonna do the first six months until she could eat solid foods mm-hmm. um, and yeah everybody pretty had you know my back at that point I know you, you were telling me like be prepared because if it doesn't happen like at least have a bottle at least have something mm-hmm. and I know that similar similar yeah. they send formula to you in the right. mail so I had those on backup I don't know I was just hoping for the best Fortunately, when she was born, we got to the hospital. She latched, she latched right on. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but it was kind of awkward because people are coming to visit me, and I'm trying to learn something. She's trying to learn something. Your boobs yeah. out. Yeah. Hello. It's uh-huh. like yeah. Honestly, um, I had a woman. I went to Victoria's Secret when I was pregnant with Zoe, and I had a lady in that worked there when I was trying out bras. She told me she's like, I'll give you a tip if you plan on. Breastfeeding, don't have people feed you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's really true. Like, yeah. you really should. It's such an inconvenient yeah. thing. Would that be the one that you eat, like, every two minutes? And it's yeah. like, you want to, you don't want to have to cover. You just want to be free. Yeah. And it's really, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but I pretty much, after I came home from the hospital, didn't do anything but breastfeed. That's the key. <laughs> that is the key. I didn't do that with my son. Yeah. I could... I thought I was like hard headed, you know, and I, I read everywhere that, you know, you need to take it easy, you need to do nothing for like two weeks. But my way of coping with stress is like just staying really busy. Yeah, so I didn't do anything. I just stayed on the couch. It's hard. Yeah. It's Ernie so hard. just got up and cooked everything for me. My mom helped out a lot. You have a baby glued to your boob. Like what can you really get done? Your hands are full. Like they yeah. I had everybody telling me I needed to take time for myself when I had my son and I didn't listen and it didn't, it really did something for our connection. It didn't establish our connection for breastfeeding. And with her, I forced myself to do it and it was hard, but I came home and like, I, like you said, I did nothing for two weeks. Like I was pretty much topless for two weeks in the room. People wanted to come and visit. Okay. You can stay for a few minutes. And I, Instead of being like a people pleaser, like I can sometimes be, it was just kind of like, hey, bye, you know, you can hang out if you want, but I'm kind of busy right now. And that's just putting it first for those first few weeks to establish that bond made all the difference. Yeah. And then I kind of made sure that same thing too. Whenever anybody was saying like they were going to come to visit, I was like, okay, but just to let you know, like I'm breastfeeding right now. So if you see a nipple, don't be shocked. Okay. (laughs) So there you go, girls. It's like letting everybody give every, (laughs) right? It's like, shoot, Rihanna with her nipples at the red carpet. Like, we give a whole new definition to nip slips. Like, that's every day in the But then I noticed as um, 
she was getting older, I started getting more of like, oh, you're still breastfeeding? And I'm like, yeah. You know, like, is it, doesn't she eat solid food already? I'm like, she can eat solid food now, yeah. She doesn't, I mean, she's still learning how to eat solid food. She's eating that mushy stuff. She doesn't really like it. She, you know, she still wants breast milk. It's still her main source of nutrition. You know, it started slowly, like, picking up, picking up, carrying it more and more. And then as it got closer to a year, I started coming in, like, from the people in my house, like, are you, um, when are you going to stop? You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. That's how, always how I was. I was super kind of, like. Um, but is your, are the people famous, are they aware that babies need to have, like, milk and they can't have whole milk yet until after one? Until after one? Um. Yes. They're aware of that and they still are like questioning it. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you know. Um, but I think it's a lot of people talking without thinking first. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's and not it's not out of a negative. It's not from a negative place. Yeah. They just love you, but yeah. And half the people, it's not that they know or don't know. It's that they haven't even taken the time to think about it before yeah. they approach you with it. Yeah. You know? but, but as soon as she did turn one, so Zoe and Justine have the same, and Luna too. They all have the same pediatrician. Mm. Um, but she's pretty pro breastfeeding too she's like okay go 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 but there's another doctor in the office because she's really hard to schedule oh, right. so if you go see her like second doctor yeah <laughs> um if you go see the other doctor he's really like you know you could stop breastfeeding now it's like um yeah i know yeah i could but i'm not yeah right. that's not a that's not what's going on here yet like, are you the lactation consultant here? I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what was really cool, too, was that um, the pediatrician has a lactation consultant there. Do you remember her name? Terry? Terry, yeah. That was cool. Um, so when I went back to work, I went back to work after eight weeks. <clears throat> I had to go back pretty much right away, so it was like, okay, I had to start pumping. Yeah. And, I mean, that wasn't such... A big deal. It was fine because I was getting a lot of milk, so I was able to sit down in a little quiet room in my office oh, and just like you have your own office. I don't have my own office, but there's like a little nurse yeah, yeah. or pumping office. That's so awesome. Yeah, I'd go in there, and there was maybe like one other girl who was breastfeeding as well. <laughs> so, so she kind of come in. Um, we wrote down a little schedule, so that way we made sure we knew who was down there. Oh, that's and, cool. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's an office full of women, so right, right, right. somebody's always has a baby. <laughs> that's cool. My issue was that Justine didn't want to take the bottle at all, so mm. I was really nervous to leave because she's not going to eat. She's going to starve when I'm away, and I'm going to have a sick baby. You know, I'm going to miss her, and you know how postpartum is. Oh, you just girl, yes. I can't leave her for six hours. I don't know how you did it. I mean, I've been trying to go back to work, but she's she won't take a bottle or a binky, yeah. so I know. The yeah. struggle is real. So I called Terry, and I, the breastfeeding oh, cool. consultant, yeah, yeah. and I was just like, she won't take the bottle. What do I do? And she was trying to give me tips. Um, I mean, she was basically like, she's not going to starve herself. You know, just keep trying to introduce it to her. So, you know, everybody who was watching her, like my mom and my boyfriend while I was working, you know, they were frustrated and they were having such a hard time because she wouldn't take the bottle at all. And, you know, when I went back to work, it was crazy. It was a mess and I felt guilty for being back at work. Oh my God, I would be an emotional wreck. Yeah. I don't know how you I did was. it. You were tough. I think I, I was talking to you around that time yeah. and you just seemed so tough about it. I was just like, I mean, I, I knew that I was going to have time off once I put in you know right you were looking forward to that vacation finally to be with her and connect Mm -hmm. with her and And i knew it was going to be right when she started um eating solid food so i was going to take time off when she turned six months so i'd be with her for six to nine months when she was learning how to you know be a little bit more independent so i wasn't excited for that i was going to actually be able to take her places which you know when the baby's little and that's when they tell you you can't take them out for the first two months yeah yeah. Did know. you do the Latina thing or you didn't take her out or you did? No, I kind of did. I didn't take her too many places. Yeah. And whenever we did go anywhere, I kind of keep her in her car seat yeah. covered up. Same here. Nobody touch her. Nobody we, look oh at her. Oh my gosh. I was so, do- yeah, I was like really protective. With Zoe, I didn't leave the house for like three months. Like wow. I took her to Costco one time and I felt so guilty. I was like, oh my gosh, all these what? germs yeah. and people. I was like, I'm the worst mom ever. I know. And then Luna came out and like, Six days later, we're, like, out the house. I'm like, oh. Different story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, again. Totally, like, that We're professional this time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
months, I started noticing that my milk supply was plummeting. Mm. I mean, it was difficult because I knew that she was drinking whatever I was pumping. So seeing that, okay, I went from pumping like 16 ounces at a time to only pumping eight, like she's not going to have enough. She's going to go through all her backup supply before I could, you know, refill it. Right. So I kind of, you know, looked online and my boyfriend's sister was helping me kind of find something to take. Um, His grandma ended up giving me some like milk tea. I never drank it, but I mean, I'm sure. Oh, the mother's milk tea. Yeah. 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 I never, did I give it to you? It works. You never drank it either? I get the dose though. It works. Yeah, it helps. Story of our lives. We don't know what anything is. Really Fenugreek? I don't know. Yeah. I'm the, the, I said like quinoa for the longest time. <laughs> it's quinoa. Like, I'm not the person to ask about that. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I was talking about my milk supply dropping. Yeah. So yeah. Then, you told me oatmeal. Yeah. And I just wanted to say it before I forgot, I am definitely not an oatmeal person. Like, I'm just a texture person. Like, I yeah, don't really. really? Oatmeal kind of grosses me out in a way, and I feel like I'm, like, the only one that doesn't like oatmeal. But I know there's people out there that don't. Yeah. So I took your advice, and I just did granola, like, yeah. granola and everything. And I like the crunchiness of it, and yeah. it still did what it was supposed to. Like, I truly noticed. Yeah. I did a whole week of, like, um, I did yogurt, strawberry, and granola parfaits, and I just, like, sprinkled flax all over them. Yeah, I'm sure that helped so much. Yeah, it totally increased my milk supply. So I'm just a firm believer in, like, you know, for the people out there on a budget, um, I understand it's hard. I understand like patient treats and supplies and all that is very expensive and super unrealistic. Like I cannot pay eight dollars for a lactation lemonade. Nope. That- oh my goodness! I, when my supply dropped, I had to. I went to Target and I bought those cookies that they have, mm-hmm. and it's like eight cookies for twenty dollars. I'm like, it's just right. right. So just another ripoff when they know that people are in desperation. Oh, right. And they need um and they need that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. For me, it's like, you know what? I realize you can take a few simple ingredients and make simple things at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't need to spend all kinds of money on those treats. Yeah. And if you if you do like oatmeal, unlike Christina, it's, I mean, oatmeal is so cheap. It's so cheap and it totally works. I ate it every single morning. Yeah. And then I saw, you know, my supply go up back like within the next like, couple days or so. So that was, that was a good thing. Um. It never went back up to where it was, but I know your body adjusts to what the baby needs at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just kind of like overcompensating at first because I did my body didn't know what she was going to intake, but once it got used to her, that it was uh, it was good. Yeah, after she turned one, it was really like people were kind of pushing for the. So when are you going to start weaning? When are you going to start weaning? And I was like, I don't have a plan. Like I really don't know. Like I made it to the first goal was six months next goal was to make it for a year and we did it and now at this point like I'll see when we're ready when she's ready when I'm ready um I ended up doing it for another five months after that we were gonna go on a trip to Mexico for my friend's wedding so I I knew for sure that I on the plane I wanted to be able to nurse her so that way her ears didn't pop and um I know that's like a really good travel tip to have them either like drinking. Tip alert. We should have tip alert. Tip alert. Pacifiers too. If not, not a boob, a pacifier. Yeah. Great too. Yeah. Or snacks. Oh, I saw one for a balloon. Like if your kid gets water in their ears or has to pop their ears, have them blow in a balloon. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take a balloon with you like on road trips or. Chew some gum. Yeah. I know they're a little small Small for gum. gum. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. So I did that, and that was my plan because I knew it was going to be a whole new thing for her to be in another country. So I wanted to be able to still have milk for her at that time. And she ended up getting sick on the way back from our trip, like on the day that we were coming home. She was vomiting, and you know, of course. You should have, like, extra clothes for your kid in case they, like, have an accident or get food everywhere. And for whatever reason, the only thing I had for backup clothes was the dress that she wore to the wedding. So I was like, oh, my God, she's going to be so fancy at the airport because she puked all over her casual, comfy clothes. (laughs) Um, But she made it home all right. She didn't puke on the plane. But when we got home, she was vomiting again. So I called the doctor. The next day we got an appointment, and they were just like, okay, no dairy, no milk, no nothing. And I was like, 
all right, well, my plan was to, as soon as the trip is done, we we're going to start figuring out when to wean. Because I was just tired. I wasn't getting any sleep. And she was, at this point, just using me for comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, she wasn't really, like, you know, she was eating regular food now. And she was drinking whole milk now. So she was just kind of pacifying on me through the night and keeping me up. I mean, she still keeps me up, but. <laughs> That's how they do it. Yeah. They uh, love it. Uh-huh. Well, since then, the doctor just said, okay, let's try not to do Did any you breastfeed? milk. I didn't catch it. Did you breastfeed her through the stomach flu? No. So once she had the stomach flu, the doctor said maybe, you know, let's try to do no dairy. And I was like, my idea was to stop nursing anyways. So it was just a cold turkey ending. And she was pretty good about it. She asked to nurse a little bit here and there because she was already talking. She had a weird word to ask for Chi-Chi. She was saying, gok. <laughs> Mommy, gok. Coca mommy, and she'd pull her boppy over and try to get me to like lay down with her. But um, since she had that stomach flu and vomiting, she didn't even really want you know to eat or do anything. So it was a it was a good transition. But of course, to this day, she just like loves nipples. So <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. So that's she's fair. like always like trying to fall asleep, and she's just like mommy nipple, and she's even like transitioned to daddy daddy nipple. I was like, can you stop pinching everyone's nipples? <laughs> um, but it's it's pretty cool, and it's um, I mean it's funny that she's just a freaking nipple queen, and then I'm just like, that's mommy's nipple. She's like, no, my nipple too. Free the nipple. She's a hashtag free the nipple. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, that was pretty good. I had a, I was really fortunate to have a really easy time with getting her to latch and continuing through the process. Mm-hmm. It seemed like you had a pretty, like, natural flow to your whole process, yeah. which is a blessing because not a lot of people have that. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, I'm telling you guys I had the support in the beginning, and then it just kind of started wavering off. But um, the people that I were in my really, really close circle were all pretty supportive, just a couple random, uh, is it coming to an end yet? But yeah, that was it. So we talked about Zoe already. It didn't work out how you wanted to. Yeah, I had my many issues with her tongue tie. But you knew that you knew that you had that tongue tie. Right. So I knew exactly what to look out for when I had Luna. Like the minute the pediatric stepped in the room to examine her, like right when she was born, I'm like, check if she has a tongue tie. Really? (laughs) Yes. I was like super paranoid. But unfortunately our doctor who we love more than ever she was in canada when i had luna yes she was she's like you picked the one weekend i went out of town i'm never out of town and you picked the one weekend so she wasn't there so some random on-call doctor was there and he told me she didn't have one so here i go like okay that shouldn't be an obstacle for us this time we're gonna get through this so here I go, trying to nurse her. But so since it didn't work with Zoe, were you super prepared for, hey, if this doesn't work out, I have bottles and I have formula just in case? Or were you just like the no. same way? You were just like, no, I was, gonna be I was still just like firm, like, no, this has to work this time. Especially because Luna is planned to be our last baby. So I wanted to experience the nursing, you know, with her. Um, so in the hospital... She doesn't have one, so here I go. You know, she's literally having a hard time latching. It's not as easy as I thought it would be. Just like same thing with Zoe. Exhausted. Her and I are both trying to learn and figure it out. And a um, couple days later, I take her to her appointment. And she's back. She was back. Okay. Our doctor was back. And she examined her and she said that she had a tongue tie for sure. And she also had a upper lip tie. So she had both. So you have the string under your tongue and you also have a string under your lip in here. So she had a lip tie and a tongue tie. And of course, we had to make the decision whether we were going to cut them or not. And our doctor is... She's certified now. When I had Zoe, she was not. So that's why I wasn't able to just cut it and keep going with Zoe. She was sending me to a specialist and it was holiday time. So it didn't work out with Zoe. She seen her. She said, hey, I can schedule you in a couple of days. Come on in. We'll cut it. And of course, as a mom, you're just like, oh, my goodness, they're going to cut my baby's tongue or lip. And 
you know, your first instinct is to say no to something that's going to harm them or hurt them or cause them any kind of pain. So I just felt like I want to give her the best nutrition that I possibly can, and that is breast milk. So if I want this to work out, I have to put her through this little sacrifice to make it work. So we did it. It's a literally they take like these really tiny, sharp scissors and they cut it. And I have to sit there in the room with her and be there. Oh, and it's, sure she was screaming, she was screaming bloody murder and I'll never forget it. <laughs> um, and I was like trying so hard not to cry with her. But I did. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a process. You, you cut it. And for about two weeks after the procedure, um, you have to do like these exercises on them as part of the aftercare. Mm-hmm. And you have to literally like push down on where they just cut your baby's tongue. To make sure that it doesn't grow back. Right. To oh. make sure it doesn't reattach the way that it was. So I felt so bad, but I made Joey do every single <laughs> exercise with her because I could not do it. Yeah, I just I felt like the worst person that. ever. Um, so that was that. And, you know, we kept pushing through. But what about those, um, the couple days while you were waiting for the appointment to get? Oh, my goodness. Those were so hard. Like, the days home from the hospital were rough. You know, Zoe was adjusting to having a new baby in the house. And her and I were trying so hard to master that latch. And we couldn't because she still had that tongue tie, her upper lip tie. So her latch was just really, really shallow and it was hurting me. She was literally tearing me up where every time she was hungry, I wanted to cry because I was just in so much pain and just dreading having to feed her. And I would sit there and cry and cry and every night be like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to give up. I have to. I can't do this to myself anymore. I'm exhausted. I can't put her down. I'm in so much pain. I'm just going to give up. And I would sit there all night awake and be on Pinterest and kind of just looking up tips and tricks that would help me. And um, I actually went to a lactation class. It's in Torrance. Dr. Elias actually referred me over there. So I went to a class. You pay $25 and they have these like really good lactation um, ladies there to help you out. And she is. And she was actually supposed to be there that day, but she wasn't. It was another lady filling in for her. And I felt like it was like a little blessing in disguise because I was like kind of bummed that Terry wasn't there. And this lady was really nice, really cool, really. She was very much older. So, of course, she had a lot of knowledge. And she taught me this, like how to like flip my nipple into her mouth. Mm-hmm. And it changed my life. Like yeah. seriously, like I will never forget that woman because I feel like she just saved me from all of those sleepless nights, crying, ready to give up. And, you know, she taught it to me. I went home and I just kept trying and trying to master it myself. Yeah. And, you know, practice makes perfect and you figure it out like sometimes it she was good in the hospital but then when we got home i was like i can't do it and ernie's like trying to like stuff my nipple <laughs> in the baby's mouth dude <laughs> it's like grabbing it and like you know like it in there. like i said you think like oh you just put your boob in a baby's mouth and it's really not that simple and it, it it's so surprising how badly it can hurt when it's done the wrong right. way it's just terrible you know so um right (laughs) it's like the most unfun experience and then they're just hurting like all day long in the shower everything putting a shirt on so it's not a fun couple of first days you know figuring it all out but how was it after okay so joey was helping push it down he did the uh he did the aftercare and we went to her follow-up appointment to make sure everything was okay. They told us everything was healing great. We can stop the exercises, and we were so excited that we didn't have to put her through that torture anymore because you have to do it, like, three times a day. So it's, like, terrible. Um, but, yeah, after she got her tongue cut and her lip, the you could see the difference just right away. Like, it was just training her how to, like, 
kind of have to pull her lip down to get her on a deeper latch. So just dealing with all of that and just still like, okay, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. So by then, you know, we're probably two, almost three weeks old with Luna then. And that's when I went to the lactation class and um, learned the nipple flip. And I swear it's life changing. So any new moms that are struggling with lactation, I seriously, seriously recommend YouTube it, Google it, whatever you have to do. It's life saving. Um, but yeah, Luna was a bit of a challenge, but I'm really, really, really proud that we didn't give up. Uh, she turned nine months today. I know. So, and we're still going strong. Yeah. It's, it's been working out for us. So I'm really, really proud of myself for all of those nights that I did just want to just let it get the best of me and give up. Um, I didn't. And I'm proud of her that she didn't get frustrated with me and she just hang, she held on to mama and just, you know, got through it with me. Yeah, so obsessed with you. I know, she's, <laughs> oh my gosh, so obsessed. Um, so throughout that time, did you experience any, like, clogged milk ducts or any other, like, breastfeeding complications i i actually did the first um week or so i think i got a blister on my nipple but um i would always just try to make sure i would nurse her on that side first kind of empty that breast always um but no i i was actually once we figured out the latch that happened to me in the very beginning and i kind of think it happened because of the latch issues and then once it was fixed, we we've been we've been fine. We've been really good. Yeah. I think because I was like back at work and it was just pumping, and then it was home to like a natural latch. I was I was getting um, clogged milk ducts. Mm, I probably got them like four times. Really? Super painful. Yeah, they feel like they're little. I don't know. It looks like a little white blister on your nipple. It's super painful when she latches onto it, but. I was trying to read up on stuff, and from what I remember, I think they were just kind of like just nurse through it, and then it would just kind of go away on its own. Yeah, that's exactly take what hot I did. Mm -hmm. put, put like compressions on uh -huh. there. Yeah, that was that was probably the worst. So, like the total moms we are, we had to kind of we had to take off from Christina's. We couldn't hang out and stay and finish her story, but you guys will be hearing back from her. Um, we have, a, this is a part one of a two-part episode. Um, I was talking to her. She experienced this thing called thrush. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, and I had never heard of it until I started seeing her post about it. Really? Mm-hmm. Even, like, with your you breastfeeding and, like, mm -hmm. reading stuff, you never read about it? No, because I'm really, I don't know, I'm a horrible researcher. I'm very <laughs> just, like... If it's something that has to do with me, then I'll look it up. But I wasn't experienced in anything like that. So, um, yeah, I didn't look it up. What what do you know about it? I know that it's like a rash that that your child and you can get um, while nursing. But like you said, because it wasn't happening to me, I didn't like research any further than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of... Before we sat down to record this part, I kind of looked it up and it just said that it's a oral infection and it's like a yeast, yeast overgrowth in their mouth and then it could also be on the mother's like nipple. Um, but so I asked Christina and these are uh, her words. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she said that her thrush came in at three months and it started as a rash on her neck and the diaper area and then sharp pains in her boobs. Her latch suddenly got weak, and she cut my nipple. I was in so much pain, but still. But still thought that it was just a case of diaper rash, bad latch, and a sore nipple. I started doing some research to work on our latch, and thanks to helpful YouTube vids, we totally perfected our latch, but in that process, I noticed white spots in her mouth. I researched and realized it was thrush. It was a pain to get rid of and came back several times in the form of spots in her mouth, inflamed sore nips, and sharp pains in boobs and diaper rash. We tried everything, from doctor-prescribed creams to holistic remedies, but work, 
but works best with a combo of things. Um, so I don't know. That just sounds crazy to yeah, be in like that much pain. Mm-hmm. I don't. I feel like if that would have happened to me, I would have for sure given up. Yeah, I would <laughs> probably say that, or like um, if you get an infection, just like a from a clogged up. Yeah, I think I would have probably given up if either one of those would have happened to mm-hmm. me. Because she was like really persistent. And That's she good. That she wanted to do this. So, um, we talked a little bit about what remedies, and she said that what she did was she just let them breathe, the boobs and the baby. She used 100% cotton everything from bras to baby clothes. She said to let the baby be naked, for her to be naked as much as possible. That's the number one thing. Um, number two, she said she used grapeseed fruit extract. I'm going to totally butcher this word because, you know, although English is my only language, <laughs> I don't know how to speak it. We don't know how to read it. <laughs> I don't know how to read it. I don't know how to speak it. My tongue, my tongue is tired. <laughs> um, so she said she also used colloidal silver, gentine, violet, and colloidal silver. And that none of them worked by themselves, but when she um, used them all together, that What that are they, like oils or something? Or? Um, that's... That's what I asked. I didn't look that up, but I asked if she just rubbed them on, and she said that she gets all three on a swab, and she swabs them on her nipples and in the baby's mouth. So, like, hmm. I don't know. I'm not really sure, but if you're experiencing this, then totally look it look up. Look it up and use it, because <laughs> it works. Uh-huh. Together, not uh, not separately. I mean, it may work independently for you, but um, she said for her she had to use it all. So she applied all three once a day to the boobs and to the baby for two whole weeks. Oh, wow. That's a long time. For, and she said it happened to her more than once. So when did it come back? When the baby was, like... Yeah, she just said that she it just came back several times and oh, formed wow. a clot in her mouth. That's a lot to push So what through. about you with Justine? You never had, like, what about her major growth spurts because i'm kind of going through that with luna right now with her just wanting to be like and it's super hot right now so with her wanting to be like glued to me all day long i'm just like girl yeah you know (laughs) hot yeah um no it was the same thing and then she would get super frustrated because she just wanted to be on my nipple and i'm just like dude you gotta give me some space that's like me and luna right now like we're going through the most yeah you guys are co-sleeping, right? Or you're not? Not really? Huh, like, I put her in her pack and play, and somehow, some way, she does end up in my bed, mm-hmm. like, in the morning. But um, she's still waking up a lot throughout the night and nursing. Like, and yeah. I think she's just looking for me, you yeah. know? Because she'll nurse for a couple of minutes, and I'll take her off and lay her right back down. And Yeah, that was a thing in, um, during her growth spurts, she was glued to me through the whole night like yeah. i couldn't pull away from her she i'm was just sleeping like, with her in my arm like yeah like this That's like all the I time too okay i was I like do anything else. i thought i was the only one i i just felt like is she too big to be doing that because i felt like we're kind of going backwards you know because i'm like man a five and a half months zoe was like sleeping through the night but she wasn't nursing of course i would say the growth spurts are kind of hard to get through because you literally feel like it's never enough for them, you know? They're never satisfied. And she's eating, like, table foods now, you know? Like, yeah. she's eating, she eats spaghetti for dinner, and it's, like, right after that, she still just, like, wants mm-hmm. to be on and off, on and off. And it's funny, because she'll be on for a couple minutes, get off, and then she crawls right back. Yeah. <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, especially, I mean, you know that Justine was already walking at this age. So she would just, like, walk away from me. She'd hop off, literally, like, jump off my lap, go play or whatever and then just like hop back on i'm like mommy cook and mm, I'm like, oh, it's girl, crazy give me some space are you sure you're like you know i'm saying i kind of felt um like later on in the breastfeeding that it was more her soothing herself but i know it was also the growth spurts as well but it was just it was very tiring it was very tiring do you have um like a goal for do you want to do my my goal is definitely a year but then the way she has been like this whole week i've been having like thoughts of just cutting her off now like i'm kind of just like should i just stop her now while she's still little she can kind of just get over it get through it 
but my thing is I don't want to give her a bottle and then have to take her off of that. That's so I was talking to my mom about it and she's like, well, you have like three months left. You might as well just hang on and just do it, which my goal was a year. But I feel like I don't know. I've just been kind of getting a little bit letting the heat and her get the best of me right now and kind of just been like, oh, I'm just going to stop kind of thing. But she needs to tell she's a year. My goal is a year. And that's kind of like, um, just, I was saying she used it to kind of soothe herself. And I was like, all right, I'm going to have to cut her off. Like, what am I going to do? And then some a few people were like, well, why don't you just give her a pacifier? Because, you know, I, I never gave her a pacifier. And I was like, well, check this out. I'm not going to give her a new thing to depend on. Right. It's <laughs> like, that's working backwards. I just yeah. want her to be independent where yeah. she doesn't need anything, you yeah. know? Yeah. So doing the cold turkey thing. I mean, she was, what did I say? She was 17 months when we stopped. And, I mean, that's quite a few months older but, than Luna is now. But with you doing it until 17 months, how often was she nursing? Was she only, like, um, it kinda, nap time, sleep, like, yeah, bedtime yeah, kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, so it wasn't so that. demanding, right. you know? It's I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, But I'm telling you, it, why I was feeling like, okay, I need to stop was because it was at bedtime. But she would try to nurse all night. Like Still? She, yeah, like she would she would wake up and be like, <gasps> mommy, mommy, mommy. And she wanted to latch so she could fall back asleep. So she was using that kind of like how other kids Like a pacifier. A yeah, pacifier mm-hmm. or bottles. That's how, what Luna does to me, and it's exhausting. Yeah. It's like I haven't had a good night's sleep for nine months, and like that's mm-hmm. basically you went through 17 months of mm-hmm. I mean, she's, nice, yeah, you know? she, I'm still, even though it's been, what, she's 22 months now, so it hasn't been that long that we haven't been nursing, so, um, she still is always kind of looking for me just to touch me, and, um, I went through over a year and a half of sleeping like that, that my sleep pattern isn't back to normal yet, so even though she's asleep and Ernie's asleep, I'm still up kind of like, is she going to be okay? What is she doing? Like, I haven't got my normal you sleep You haven't adjusted back. yourself. Yeah, and... I always hear from um, moms that it never goes back to what it was. You'll I never sleep think, again. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> yeah, you never we sleep will again. never sleep again. <laughs> but it is what it is. And yeah. I'm a, I'm a happy, uh, co-sleeping mom. I know a lot of people need their own space, but I like having it. It's hard. I wake up every day with two kids in my bed. Yeah. So it's a struggle. Yeah. So what... Should we leave our breastfeeding mommies with, what do you think, like, a word for the wise? I would definitely say when you have the baby and you're in the hospital, get all the help you can while you're in the hospital. Call those lactation nurses in every feeding if you have to. Um, That definitely helps. But then you also have to keep in mind that everybody's going to have their own little ways of doing things. So. Like some people will tell you one nurse will tell you one way and then they'll be like, oh, no, that's, you know, so it does get a little bit confusing on whose way you want to follow through with. But um, any help is better than no help. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good to get different perspectives on things because you could kind of mix those ideas together. For right. What works best for you. Right. And like make up a new method of mm-hmm. your own. Um, so I would say that. And there's also for all our WIC mommies out there WIC has um, lactation help on certain days so you can talk to them about that um, they really they really like for it yeah they're so like, like pro breastfeeding for sure call you like a million times like get down here <laughs> take this we'll help <laughs> um, oh, I hate those classes um, so I would say get help early don't give up honestly i would say just yeah. stay strong it's hard definitely i would say the first three weeks are the hardest after three weeks me and luna were like all right we got this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and like for christina when you're going through um like an infection it kind of that really throws you off too but yeah. you know she worked through it and you know she watched the youtube videos she you know looked for other moms that were kind of going through what she was going through and it really she was able to do it. It's seven months, and she's still uh, going strong with it. So that's good. Yeah. Um, I'm really proud of both of you guys, and you're doing good things. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. But, I mean, either way, I mean, Zoe is p- 
perfect too. Mm-hmm. And even though she didn't get breastfed, like, I know. She's I, still what perfect. I love about Christina is that her story with her first child and my first child it's like the same thing, right? Cause she didn't. She did not breastfeed. She did not breastfeed. Yeah. Stomach, right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we both. And I'm happy that we were both second time around. We were both able to, you mm-hmm. know, experience breastfeeding. Yeah. Um. So you guys stay tuned for episode. Um, six? Yeah, I guess episode six, which is kind of a 5.2. Excuse it if you hear fireworks in the background. <laughs> the 4th of July. So <laughs> we live in the hood. You know how that is. It's 4th of July for the first time. If it ain't the fireworks, it's the ghetto bird. Woo! <laughs> one, of, uh, one of our new cousins was talking about how the entire summer is fireworks. Like, fireworks pretty much start in early May and go all the way through September, almost October. It just, like, blows my mind, though. Like, if I had fireworks, I'd be lighting them all day on 4th of July. But, like, these guys waste them before the holiday even gets here. Uh, they do it at such rude hours. I know. That's what I was going to say. Like, they literally do it right when you lay the baby down and you're just like, come on. Dude, it's almost 11 o'clock. And they're... Lighting fireworks. And it, they do it at 2 in the morning sometimes. Mm-hmm. I have um, <laughs> the same thing going on by my house. The, our next episode, we are going to be talking to uh, Danelia. You guys are going to get to meet her. She's so She's awesome. A She's a doula. Doula. Danny the doula, I think is what she likes. Yeah. I like the name of that, too. It sounds pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, she has a really cool name. For that episode, we have such great information. Like for me, I was even curious, like, what is a doula? Is that the same thing as a midwife? Is it not? I don't know. I was confused, but yeah. she really cleared that up. Thanks for listening, guys. And if you have any questions, send them our way. Mm-hmm. And Christina will be back to you for that episode. We're going to hear her again. Stay tuned. Say Moody Mommies. Moody Mommies. Moody Mommies Podcast. Yeah.